Welcome to the Right Division Network Podcast, a production of Grace Family Bible Church in Buffalo, New York. I'm your host, Pastor Scott Morton. And we'd like to thank you once again for joining us as we study God's Word, Rightly Divided. We're going to be continuing today going through the book of 1 Thessalonians. We are here in chapter number 4, and today we're actually going to be starting verse number 9, which says, But as touching brotherly love, ye need not that I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. So as we shift it here into looking at this next verse, we see how by the Apostle Paul using this word but here, that we're now going to have a change in topic here actually occurring to where Paul, and as we read through this verse, we see how love is going to be the issue that he's going to be dealing with these saints. So when he's saying here, but as touching, you know, this is not a literal physical touching that he's thinking, but he's going to be, and we will use the phrase that we're going to touch on this topic, that he's going to start giving them some information that's specifically related to this new issue that he's bringing up, which is the issue of love that they're supposed to be demonstrating. And that's where he says, but as touching brotherly love. And so when we look at that word love and look at how even as the scriptures actually deal with the issue of love that we see how there are multiple different ways that love is actually used in the scripture there's different words that are translated as love and because of that what you're going to see is that you know these different things of love are reflective of some different things of how it is that individuals are supposed to respond to each other. And we're going to look very specifically at three of these types of love that the scriptures actually are identifying here. So the first one is, and it's from the word storge, which you know, the meaning of this is a natural affection between kinsfolk, those brought together in a common bond. So the idea of that, in a sense, would almost be like that idea of a, you know, you know, we might use the word friendship to describe this. Let's go over for an example here. Let's go to Romans chapter number 12, where I see the Apostle Paul here use this phrase here. We're going to read verse number 10, which says, Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another. So 
the aspect of this kindly affection that as Paul's using here he's describing how these saints in Rome as they're supposed to be preferring one another having this relationship with other members of the body of Christ and how this is supposed to be where that focus would be and that instead of our focus being on wanting to be around those who are the unsaved that we should be having that desire to always want to be around the members of the body of Christ those who have put their trust in the gospel message for today the fact that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures that he was buried that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures that gospel message found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 in the first four verses that is the only gospel message that can actually provide salvation today and you know this is where we are to be you know focused on having that relationship with those individuals then we see the second one here which is philia which is like the love between friends a strong bond between people who share common values interests or activities and we can see a an example of this we go over to first peter chapter number three and we're going to and i'm specifically using verses out of you know all the dispensations to show how you know this idea of love really does carry through the entire bible here and in first peter chapter number three we're going to read here verse number eight which says finally be all of one mind having compassion one of another love as brethren be pitiful be courteous and so that issue it says to love as brethren that's that issue of philia or that brotherly love that peter is making a reference to here as he's writing to the saints and speaking of how they're going to need to demonstrate that in the ages to come specifically during that 70th week as the different things are going on in a time where it would be very easy to not demonstrate that love for each other and wanting to just focus on taking care of yourself and that's what's going to be happening during that time is that there's going to be really that almost that desire that people are going to have to be taking care of themselves and Peter having to say no you're going to have to not only watch out for you but you're going to have to watch out and take care of everybody else as well demonstrating that love now the third one that we'll be talking about as we deal with some of these issues related to love in the scriptures is the agape love that's made a reference to that 
can be defined as the love that serves regardless of changing circumstances, an unconditional love. It's often described as the greatest of loves. It doesn't refer to a love rooted in attraction as moral goodwill. It is not a cold religious love, but it is truly altruistic. And we're going to see an example here. Let's go over to John chapter number 14 here. And we're going to read verse number 21 of John chapter number 14, which says, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. And the agape love is the love that's being demonstrated by God. Now, truly that agape love, you know, which is the love that God demonstrates towards us in this dispensation, you know, that's a love that, you know, is very difficult for man to actually demonstrate. And you, one of the things that when I read that definition associated with agape love was the issue of when it said unconditional love. You know, because the reality of things of, you know, when we look at it from the perspective of man is that there always is a condition that's put on things. And that condition might be very small in it, but it is still a condition that we put on things because, you know, really of the, you know, the flesh that sin nature that still has an impact on some of the things that we do in our life because we walk around still in these fleshly bodies, that it creates that idea of those you know, things of, well, you know what, it's not a perfect love. It's not an unconditional love because we look at things and still say, well, you know what, I don't, I don't have that same feeling for you right now that I had thing because of and then fill in the blank of whatever is going on. And it's different from what we see described related to God because the scriptures indicate, you know, speaking of God, and we're going to read here, let's go over to first, the book of 1 John. We're going to turn to 1 John chapter number 4 because we're going to see here that John is going to describe here an attribute of who God is. When John writes here in 1 John chapter number 4 verse 8, He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. So, Love is a big part of who God is because it says God is love. You know, that's why God can demonstrate that agape love, that perfect type of love, that love that is 
supposed to be the goal of how it is that we are living our life. You know, that's why you see the things that Paul writes in his epistles. And especially when you start getting into things like, for example, in Ephesians chapter number four, when he's talking about the practical aspects of things, once a person is taken in the doctrine for today, that the end result of that doctrine should be the demonstration of those things. It should be that demonstration of the love which has been shown for us. And Paul describes that love which has been shown for us. And let's turn over into the book of back over to the book of Romans now. And we'll go to Romans chapter number five to where we're gonna read Paul writing about this love which has been demonstrated for us. And here in Romans chapter number 5, we're going to read here verses 6, 7, and 8. Verse 6 of Romans chapter 5. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So, as Paul is describing here what it is that the Lord Jesus Christ accomplished for mankind during this dispensation, and talking about how the Lord Jesus Christ died for the ungodly, we see in verses 7 and 8 that description related to love and how this describes that unconditional love that we are supposed to be demonstrating here. Because in verse 7, you see how he Paul says... For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. So that aspect of as talking about things of where from that perspective of mankind that it's a thing of, you know, the righteous man, you know, so that's someone who's seen as being very good, almost in that perfect sense that individuals would say, well, you know what? I'm willing to die for this individual. I'm willing to give up everything in relationship to them because of who they are. You know, peradventure for a good man, some would even dare that. So, okay, taking it from that very upper level to now, okay, we're going to... Re- move it down a step and okay where it's going to be you know some would die for that individual others would not so we see how there's a little bit of a lesser sense but then you get into verse 8 
that God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So, even when man was so far outside of what God intended, that there's no relationship between God and man, that God demonstrated his love in a manner so that way man would be able to have access unto him. You know, th this is not a thing of saying, well, he, he died and because he died for us, all of mankind is saved. It's an aspect of he demonstrates this love to give man the opportunity to have salvation. This is that aspect of the reconciliation, the restoring that opportunity. That's why you can see how Paul describes that aspect over in the book of Ephesians when he allows the thing of, but, but now in Christ Jesus ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. We've been brought near the Gentiles to where the Gentiles were so far off that they couldn't have any sort of relationship with God that now the Gentiles have been brought nigh, been brought near to give that opportunity so that way man could actually potentially have salvation if they put their trust in the gospel message for today. You know, and, and that's where when you look at this aspect of what Paul is saying here in Romans chapter number 5, that this comes into that demonstration of what it is that we as God's representatives here on earth are supposed to be doing. If we go over to 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, to where what we're going to read here, this is the demonstration of love that's actually, you know, being spoken of, of what Paul said in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. And we're going to start here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 16. And we're going to read down through verse number 21. Verse 16 Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh? Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new, and all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. 
now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God, for he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now, functioning as that ambassador for Christ, functioning in that ministry of reconciliation, carrying forth the word of reconciliation, this is the demonstration of love towards individuals that the Apostle Paul is telling us that we should have, telling us that we should be actually able to demonstrate the fact of as we show things towards man, you know, the first part of that love, the first part of that care for individuals would be that we would want to make sure that they have salvation. Because, you know, without salvation, you know, individuals are going to be separated from God for all of eternity. You know, and that's, you know, God's will is that all men would be saved and come unto the knowledge of the truth. You know, God wants all of mankind to be saved. And as part of that will of God, it is our responsibility to be taking this message forth. That's why you see how Paul looks and sees what you know the things in his life and sees how that responsibility that he had when he says in Ephesians 3 and verse 9 and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ that he saw his responsibility as to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery and part of that thing of saying all men need to see the fellowship of the mystery is the you know the starting point of that is salvation and that once somebody has salvation then they would be able to see the other things of this message then they would be able to have that growth in the things of the doctrine. Because a person cannot understand the things of what the Word of God actually says without the Spirit being in them. And the only way the Spirit can be in them is if they have received salvation. And this is where Paul you know, gets in these things, tries to demonstrate for us, the saints, what it is that we are supposed to be doing tries to show us that we are to be carrying forth this message, doing the things that God intends 
for us to do today. Now, next week, we're going to continue on with some of these things related to what the Word of God says about the aspects of love and what it is that we are supposed to be demonstrating towards individuals today. Now, as we close here, I'd like to remind everyone of our website, which is www.gracefamilybiblechurch.org. And on our website, we have a number of study articles. We have some charts to help you in your study of God's Word. We have some audio files of previous messages. We have information about how to join our Sunday service and our Wednesday night Bible study. You know, they're broadcast live on Facebook. And as always, if you're in the Buffalo area, we would love to have you attend You know, our Sunday service live where we meet at the Holiday Inn Express on 83 Anderson Road in Cheektowaga. And as always, if you have any questions or comments about anything on our broadcast, anything on our website, we'd love to hear from each and every one of you. Our contact information is on our website as well. And we close out, we just you know, pray that individuals will have that opportunity to share this message with others, that spirit of boldness to come upon us to declare the love that God has demonstrated for mankind today. 